We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Friends in high places. The Ascended Masters, saints and sages of East and West, have walked where you walk. They know the trials and challenges you face, and they offer clear and practical tools for overcoming human limitations and guiding you back to the heart of God through your ascension. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Thank you for joining us again today. You know, and just to confirm that you are in the right place, which of course you are, you are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we keep the flame of life. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Did you just do that intro in one breath? (laughs) Yeah, I needed both tanks for that one. (laughs) Okay. Today our focus is on Jesus' lost years and lost teachings. Now, this is something of a departure from our usual show content, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. You know, But I think that because we have often referred to the whole body of Jesus' teachings, and not just those that are accepted as part of conventional Christianity... Mm -hmm. We should go a little deeper into the source of all of his teachings. Right, and though we refer to them as lost teachings, the truth is they're not lost at all. Let's just say that they were misplaced by early church fathers and the so-called guardians of the faith. (laughs) You're being very kind. (laughs) With a side of sarcasm. (laughs) Yes, quite a bit. Let's be clear, too, that we are drawing the entire content of this show from the amazing books written by Mark L. and Elizabeth Clare Provitt under the titles of Jesus' Lost Years and His Lost Teachings. Mm -hmm. In fact, we'll have links to these books for you later on in the show. Yes, we will. But now, to amplify your point about referring to these teachings as being lost, let's just say they were lost, and now they're found, at least for us and for all of those who accept the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Well, I think it's a great place to start. Jesus is, after all, one of the greatest of the Ascended Masters, and probably, you know, at least Western, the most well-known. Absolutely. So let's begin by sharing a couple of very compelling reasons for understanding why we believe that the teachings of Jesus most people know are incomplete. Mm -hmm. For example... Did you know that at least 16 passages in the Gospels say that Jesus was teaching, but they do not record his words? Where's the backup tape on that one? (laughs) You know, or that Mark wrote in his Gospel that Jesus taught the multitudes only in parables, but when he was alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Clement of Alexandria, an early church father, wrote that Jesus had a secret teaching not recorded in the Gospels, and that Mark wrote down part of it for those who were, quote, being initiated into the great mysteries, unquote. Mm-hmm. I wonder where those <laughs> mysteries are, too. Hey, did, you, did you also know that, that the Gospels that may have contained Jesus' original teachings were banned and destroyed by the Orthodox Church because it disagreed with them? No, oh, boy. Well, yeah. or how about the fact that Jesus was almost certainly literate? 
Therefore, anything he may have written was either suppressed or attributed to other authors. You know, Tom, the point is, a mm-hmm. good portion of Jesus' secret teachings and what he said in public were, for the most part, lost until the publication of the four-volume masterwork, The Lost Teachings of Jesus by Mark and Elizabeth Prophet. And Jesus taught on a wide variety of topics that are as relevant today as they were 2,000 years ago. I'll say his teachings address the real issues of life, all the way from love to war. You know, he comments on everything from how we influence our own genetic makeup to techniques we can use to recreate ourselves in the divine image. (laughs) Wow. So he shows us how we can discover the astral causes of cancer, Mm -hmm. how we're affected by thoughts and feelings of people all over the world, and how we can use the science and the power of the spoken word to help ourselves and others fulfill our soul's highest potential. There are also a number of Jesus' statements that until now have baffled or confused scholars that are clearly explained, such as, quote, For he that hath to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Right. And how about, before Abraham was, I am. Or, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. You know, and we're talking about more than just illuminating scripture. Right. We're talking about the keys to the sacred mysteries essential to the fulfillment of our immortal destinies. You know, we're literally talking about the everlasting gospel as dictated by the Master Jesus to his two witnesses for the enlightenment of an entire age. And... We're sharing with you today what we're sharing actually merely scratches the surface of what these remarkable volumes contain. Mm -hmm. You know, Ross, would you please give our listeners digital directions for finding the lost teachings of Jesus? You bet. Go to tsl.org forward slash 2040. That's 2040. You know, the full scope of Jesus' teachings is not only breathtaking for its depth and breadth, but for its universality. Sure, and you've got to wonder where Jesus acquired some of his deeper and more esoteric teachings. Uh, nice segue, Ross. <laughs> Thank the you, quest- that, That's my scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. The question of where moves us right into the subject of Jesus' lost years. Well, and the question is, where was Jesus between the ages of 12 and 29? Mm-hmm. This information is certainly not in the Bible. No. We have no record of Jesus as a young man, you know, at least not in the religious scholarship available to us in the West. Right. And with some verifiable Eastern sources, we get a very compelling picture that emerges of young Jesus studying with some of the greatest Indian, Nepalese, and Tibetan gurus. And here we want to draw your attention to the lost years of Jesus by mm-hmm. Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And I think the subhead says it all. Documentary Evidence of Jesus' 17-Year Journey to the East. You know, Tom, this is one of the first books that I read, and it really it was very exciting for me as a young man to read that book and to contemplate going on that journey. So you can find it at tsl.org forward slash 2156. Takes you right to the detail page for the book. Excellent. Don't you think that many of Jesus' teachings have a decidedly Eastern spin? Like karma and reincarnation? I know. It's kind of funny how that slipped in there. You know, it's a, uh, I mean, certainly, though, his, he had a great soul, and it was very advanced, and his attainment would probably have made many of these teachings just a second nature to him. Mm-hmm. Yet we do know that he studied, so the questions are, what did he study and where? This book, The Lost Years of Jesus, fully and completely answers these questions and more. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, Elizabeth Prophet reveals that according to the ancient Tibetan manuscripts, Jesus, known in the East as Isa, secretly secretly left the home of Mary and Joseph at age 13, which had to have caused some problems. Um, And he then joined a merchant caravan whose destination was India in the Himalayas. These manuscripts, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, were found in 1887 by the Russian journalist Nicholas Notovich, and later published in Bengali by Swami Abedananda in 1929, indicate that, and I'll quote here, the white priests of Brahma made him a joyous welcome. They taught him to read and understand the Vedas, to cure by aid of prayer, 
to teach, to explain the Holy Scriptures to the people, and to drive out evil spirits from the bodies of men, end of quote. You know, on this subject, we've got a very special treat today. Yes, we do. We have two, not one, but two special excerpts from a lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet on Jesus' lost years and lost teachings. It is a far-ranging lecture that covers a wide swath of Jesus' teachings that are not recorded in the Bible. Why the Earth was created, for example. Oh, I know that one. As a place for us to work out our destiny. Very I'm good. listening to the archives. <laughs> and that the Golden Age is being lived right now in the etheric plane, where we can travel each night and between embodiments. It also includes uh, all about our I Am Presence, Christhood, the Seven Rays, the Threefold Flame. There is a great deal here, obviously. Mm-hmm. So let's get right to it. Here is Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the subject of Jesus' lost years and lost teachings. The basis of my teaching to you this evening is that you are a soul and a fiery spirit, a spiritual being, and that you are here and now one with the immortals. That you are wearing garments of flesh like an overcoat that you have put on in this life and many times before because God has seen fit not to send you prematurely to heaven nor to cast you into the depths of hell but rather understanding that you were prepared for neither created for you and me this earth where we could work out our salvation and fulfill our destiny. When you think of all the things that all of us wish we could do in life, how we are limited by economic precedence, those things which we have to do on a daily basis, when you think of all the things that we can think of to do, you have to realize that many of these things we are intended to do. Some of them we have done before, and some of them we must yet accomplish. Therefore, the joy of being is to know that a loved one, or even oneself, who has been diagnosed with a terminal cancer, or a child that is born, stillborn, that the soul of all of us has opportunity again and again to fulfill our reason for being. The reason that I am presenting St. Germain's teachings and the lost years and the lost teachings of Jesus is because I believe that we are not as a people, whether as Americans or citizens of the world and the universe, truly fulfilling our reason for being. And I believe the primary reason is because we are not accessing the great light of this causal body, of this spirit cosmos. And I believe that the great revolutionaries of East and West did exactly that. They made it their primary goal in life How? By devotion, by the call, by the word, by good works and service to life. How they might realize more of the light of that inner being that they knew that they were and bring it into manifestation in the physical. Old age, disease, and death are not a natural part of us. All of us remember past golden ages where we have lived unencumbered by those conditions. And right now in the heaven world that is coexistent with our earth planet, which is called the etheric octave, there are golden ages that are being lived in this very moment by people like us, souls who are there. And furthermore, when we leave this body, whether suddenly or naturally, we also are taken to those inner planes. Beyond that... You may travel out of the body at night while you sleep to those etheric cities of light or to the retreats of the ascended masters. 
In the etheric octave are only the saints, those who have risen from this schoolroom and have graduated. They have balanced their karma. They have magnified the Lord in their hearts, in their seven chakras, in their bodies and souls. They have fulfilled their reason for being on earth. They have realized that the universal Christ is also in them. And they have resurrected, or as we might say, they have ascended. So they are called ascended masters, and they are the true teachers of all of us. Sometimes when you hear the inner voice, it is your own inner teacher whom we call the Holy Christ Self. At other times it might be an angel or an archangel. But more than not, it will be an ascended master whom you have befriended in this or a previous life. You might find yourself guided by one of these masters and realize that you are entertaining an old friend. Now I'm not speaking here of what has been called spirit guides or discarnate entities that do channeling because I do not believe it is lawful for us to be involved with discarnates in the lower octaves who are merely people like ourselves but they do not have a body. And therefore, I do not represent that movement, that is the channeling movement or the psychic movement, but I do represent the spirit of the Great White Brotherhood that consists of the saints robed in white that John the Revelator saw. I do represent those who are the immortals, and I'm here to tell you that there is a very special ascended master for whom you are cut out and who is cut out for you. That person may be Jesus Christ, who did ascend and who is the master. I acknowledge him as my savior, truly my living savior, who has saved me for the path of walking with him on the road all the way home to God. I know that his presence is universally felt, and yet Jesus, many years ago, introduced me and my late husband, Mark Prophet, to others of the servant sons and daughters of God in heaven, great teachers who have specialized on teaching the path leading to personal Christhood on each of the seven rays. I'd like to tell you what their teaching is very simply by way of explaining the chart of the presence and then to go through what I think are some fundamental errors and fundamental truths that all of us should be aware of so that we can make the most of this lifetime in the challenging times that we live in. When we return, we will continue with this exceptional lecture on Jesus' lost years and teachings with Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Don't go away. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. 
Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Who is the universal Christ? What is the causal body, and how do we access the light that is held there? What did Jesus mean by the greater works that we are capable of? Well, here again is Elizabeth Clare Prophet on Jesus' lost teachings. This is the chart of your divine self. This is the image and likeness of God in you. As you are seated here right now, you are represented by the lower figure in the chart. Above you in the center is a figure looking like the Christ, Jesus. It is the figure of the universal Christ, individualized, ever-present with you. This chart is a great comfort because it also teaches us that in the upper figure we have the presence of the Father, whom we are never without. So you are a trinity in manifestation, and most of you is living and dwelling at a higher vibration, at a more accelerated level of consciousness that is called your higher consciousness. The point of the I am that I am that Moses beheld is above. Jesus, the Son of Man, realized and embodied the fullness of the Word who is in the center. You as the lower figure are intended to be the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. And so all of your life is a celebration of that Holy Spirit. In your sacred labor, your profession, your calling, your having families, your relationships, your recreation, everything you do 24 hours a day is a communion with the Holy Spirit. With that joy in your heart, there is no more sorrow or depression or need for drugs or other kinds of stimuli because the Holy Spirit is the greatest stimulus and the greatest power there is to help us reunite with our Lord. 
What I would like to tell you about the misconceptions that have been handed down to us by church councils centuries after the ascension of our beloved Jesus have to do with that Christ and that I am presence. John speaks of beholding the glory of the only begotten Son of God in Jesus. There is only one Son of God, and that is the universal Christ. Jesus, our brother, was the Son of Man, even as you are Mary, the Son of Man, or Joe, or Jim, or Bill, the Son of Man. It means we are the Son of Manifestation, the S-U-N. We are the Son of Manifestation of our I Am Presence and our beloved Holy Christ Self. So we are the manifestation here below and intended to be the manifestation of the Trinity. Jesus then had the perfect realization of the Son of God. He was born to that mission and he fulfilled it. The Son of God is the universal light that descends from the Father. Christos is a Greek word. It means the one anointed by the light of God. So they call him Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Anointed One. And in his time they were all looking, who was the Anointed One? Who was the one who truly embodied the I Am Presence? Art thou he, or look we for another? They were looking for the one who embodied that universal light of the I Am that I Am, whom they would call Lord because he did so embody that light. The meaning of the word Lord is very simple. A long time ago after Moses gave us the name I am that I am and said this is my name forever and a memorial to all generations, it was nevertheless decided that this name was not for the people and should never be pronounced. Well, it is the pronouncing of I am that I am that releases the full flood tide of that I am presence in you by the power of the spoken word. So to deny the people the speaking of that word denies them the power of the word. So in the place of I am that I am in the Bible, they took the first letters of the Hebrew form of this verb to be, yad Hey vav Y-H-V-H, and wrote in the English version, Lord. L-O-R-D stands for I am that I am, wherever you see it throughout the Old Testament. So when we say here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, we are talking about the one I am presence. What we have to realize is that the one Lord and the one God was able to take that name as the very vibrancy of himself and create the greatest memorial for us that ever could be created. His own image and his own presence individualized for you and for me. God is with you now as the beloved Father, as your I am presence, right above you. And as you commune with that Father, the Father comes very close. And so the great sphere of life descends, that great causal body. And you can see the spirit cosmos meshing with your lower self. That's how you feel when you've been in meditation or in church or simply thinking about God and loving his creation that spiritual feeling that God is nigh. And so it is written in scripture, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. 
So God is one God, but personified, individualized for each of us. Therefore you can say, in the name of my mighty I am presence, in the name of the living Christ above me, get thee hence, O power of Satan, that is afflicting my family, my business, my city, my nation, and my planet. And that is a powerful affirmation you can make according to the science of the spoken word that we have set forth in our book by that name. So you have a Christ presence and Jesus had a Christ presence. The difference between us and Jesus is that he was fully integrated with that Christ. Christ dwelled him in him bodily and so it is said of him that he was the word incarnate. The same word that was in the beginning by which we are created. Now that incarnation of the word, we praise, we love, we honor, and we worship the light and the word in him. But we recognize, as John said in that same first chapter of his gospel, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. God's light has ignited your being. That's why you can say, let your light shine. And the igniting of that light was the endowment of your being with a threefold flame that burns right now on the altar of your heart. About one sixteenth of an inch high, there is a spiritual flame that animates your temple. This is the great rejoicing. This is the great Alleluia, which means the mighty I Am Presence is come. That's what Alleluia means. It is a praise to the I Am that I Am. Now the chart shows within itself that violet flame blazing up all around you. It is the spiritual fire of the Holy Spirit promised in the Old Testament. And that violet transmuting flame is the dispensation of the everlasting gospel. It is the action that is for the seventh dispensation, what is called the new age or the Aquarian age. We are finishing the 2000 year period of Jesus' mission. And this dispensation of the violet flame is for mercy, forgiveness, and transmutation. It has always been there. Jesus used it. The ancients used it. And all saints have known it, or they would not be saints. It is the purple light that you see in the aura of the saints. And it can fill your aura and bring joy to your being forever. The calling forth of the violet flame is one means whereby we access, we access the spiritual light of our causal body. The causal body is like a computer of the mind of God. It contains within it the vastness of the all of creation. And you have a causal body above you. And the causal body is spoken of in the Bible. It says one star differeth from another star in glory. That means by your works in all of your lifetimes, by your words, by your emphasis, by your profession, your calling, how you spend your time, you are building those spheres of light, you are contributing to the great consciousness of God above you. Nothing you do for good is ever lost. No love is ever lost, because love is always ultimately for the beloved Christ, even though we express that love toward one another. 
the joy of realizing that no endeavor that we engage in can ever be lost is a wondrous thing because sometimes plans go awry in life. Sometimes we don't quite finish what we started. But we have to understand that when we live for the glory of God, that energy we have expended in sincere effort and hard work, that ascends to that causal body. So you are building your mansion in heaven. You are building great houses of light above you. And therefore, realizing that you are on earth to be a co-creator with God gives you a personal sense of dignity, of reason for being, why God so loved me that he sent his only begotten son, not alone in Jesus, but right present with me at all times. Jesus, the great avatar, which means the great incarnation of God, of the Piscean Age, does not suffer because you also have God in you. It in no way diminishes Jesus for you to realize the same Christ where you are. It does not diminish him, it enhances him that his followers finally have realized that he walked the earth that we could walk in his footsteps. It has bothered me all of my life that I could not learn from the ministers and the priests of Christianity how to implement Jesus' promise. He said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore if I do not fulfill that particular promise in this lifetime, I will consider that I have not realized in my being what my Lord intended for me. And if I do find out how to do the works of Jesus and greater works, then I have to go and tell the nations and tell those who have been disenfranchised from their spiritual inheritance. And so that is why I'm here this evening, and I'm very grateful that you decided to be here also. Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today we're joined by Dr. Nerly Duffy. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we're back. Joining us is Dr. Nearly Duffy. Hi, Nearly. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> you know, I've got to say at the outset here that this is a large topic we're Uh, it's pretty neat. Well, you know, it's true. It's a, a very rich vein for discussion. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost impossible to know where to begin. Ask this question: Why would the teachings of Jesus, particularly those that might be suppressed by the vast majority of church fathers and Western religious scholars and theologians? Good question. <laughs> Thank you. On to the next. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? It, it does, does. Uh, very much. I mean, that's the whole thing about Jesus. He did teach about fallen angels, and he did teach about <laughs> all these things. Yeah. All these yeah. things. So, there yeah, was, when you really get into it, it's quite a topic. Makes you wonder if they were making lists in the bag. I'm like, nope, nope, that's not going to go out. That's not going to go out. Uh, they'll never believe this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we stir the pot just a little bit and, and tackle a smaller piece of this? Yeah. Let's go, let's dip a bit into the heart of darkness. Not that we really want to, but were some of the early church fathers and the others who helped shape Christian thought actually fallen angels attempting to distort Jesus' true message? <laughs> that's throwing down the gauntlet. Right. Blank. <laughs> you, you want me to answer this, right? Is sure. sure. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, here's what I think. Many times Jesus taught about the tares sown among the wheat, the synagogue of Satan. I mean, he was pretty mm-hmm. strict with the scribes and the Pharisees who were actually within the mm-hmm. organized religion of the time. And he said, by their fruits, you shall know them. So I think it's safe to say the fallen angels didn't like being exposed and they weren't <laughs> happy with his teachings, empowering and liberating the children of God. And they had a great interest in altering his message and suppressing his true teachings. And I think Jesus probably knew they were going to try this. <laughs> and that's probably why it says in the book of Revelation, yeah. those famous words, if anyone changes the words in this book, his name will be stricken from the book of life. And I'm like, well, who would want to change Jesus' words? Is this the original copyright trademark statement? <laughs> 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 the imprimatur, yes. Yeah, right. And when you think about it, what better place for a fallen angel to hide out but in the midst of the oh. very organization mm. that he's trying to bring down? Uh, wow. Uh, well, you know, thank God Archangel Michael's got our backs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no I mean, what do you think? Fallen angels? It's Absolutely, why yeah. it, it's why our bestseller is Fallen Angels. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, book, and, and why know. a lot of the topics that we've covered in the past, uh-huh. Angels has always risen to the top. Well, I, I'm going to move the um, the lens here a little bit and talk about the um, concept of Christhood, universal Christhood. Mm-hmm. 
One of the things that we just heard uh, Elizabeth Claire Prophet mention again, and one of the, I'll paraphrase this, is Jesus saying, you know, these things that I do, ye also shall do in greater things. It seems pretty clear to us that this is an acknowledgement of our ability to be the Christ at the level that Jesus was also, or at least within the same ballpark. Is that pretty much your understanding? And if so, could you kind of expound on that a little bit? Yeah, and we just don't hear in your average religion these days that, you know, you can become the Christ. And in fact, the fallen angels have tried to convince us that we're just Mm -hmm. these miserable sinners, and we know Mm -hmm. that inside we're not. And Jesus is basically telling us, hey, guess what? I'm not the only son of God, and you are sons and daughters of God, and you can be like me. And this is really why we're here. So he's giving this assignment that, um, you know, if we're going to become the Christ, God's placed within us all the resources that we need. Yeah. And that's really funny to me. There's a, there's a disparity here where we're being told that, you know, you, know, you could never do this. You're, you're just normal mortals. You could never do this. Pay no attention to this, this person who <laughs> went ahead of you and showed you the way. But yet, how many times have you sat in a class or presentation or whatever it was, looked at the person who's up there showing a lot of mastery and gone, I can do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and isn't, you know, I mean, if you're a parent or if you're a teacher and you're a true parent and a true parent, teacher you want your child or your student to exceed you you know mm-hmm. do what i do and and take it to the next level well and i think you want them to know that they have a, a, a potential yeah that is far greater perhaps than they understand and that's mm-hmm. part of what a teacher does is to bring expand. out that latent yeah. potential Boy. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. well knowing what we know today about jesus full body of teachings if you had to single out one of them oh. <laughs> I know where you're going with this one. What would it be? Oh, boy. I think without a doubt, for me, and I think for a lot of people, it would be the path of personal Christhood. You can mm -hmm. become the Christ. You can become one with God. You can ascend. There wasn't just one Son of God. Jesus was the way shower. He went ahead to prepare us. He said, you know, I'll leave, but I'll leave the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit as comforter. And I think the key to all of it is the chart of your divine self, which is Mm -hmm. in every one of our books. It's on our website. And it's basically saying, you know, you can do it. I did it. You can do it. Uh, indeed. And you know, I think it's probably a good point to make here is that at TSL.org, you can probably find your way to a copy of that chart <laughs> of the real self. Well, there's a chart of the real self and and two ascended masters up at the top right. You want to click on that and take a look at that. There's mm-hmm. a great explanation there. Uh-huh. And also, um, you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com mm-hmm. forward slash the Summit Lighthouse, where you can find a, a number of topics, mm-hmm. but especially you'll find some great things about your higher self. Yeah. And, and by the way... <laughs> I think it may be slightly unfair to ask you to single out any one particular teaching um, because I think all of them are yeah. important. Mm-hmm. If but you, if you're going to force me. If I will, <laughs> thank you for, for being forced so equin- graciously. Yes, yeah. thank you. Now, which teaching do you feel everyone should start with as they follow their spiritual path, considering the... Um, Ascended Master teachings is kind of our playing field for now. Well, at the risk of sort of repeating ourselves, I would say, you know, do start with that chart. And we have a nice little Mm -hmm. pocket guide about your higher self. Mm -hmm. And that really is an eye-opener because it gives you a sense of the empowerment that you could have. And you can start to say, yeah, Jesus did this. Mm -hmm. I could do some things. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of people might find some resistance to this simply Mm -hmm. because of how they've been trained. Mm -hmm. Our yeah, upbringing. And, 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 you know, your average, quote, religion, as it's taught these days, doesn't <laughs> yeah. really teach you that. But if you study the mystical paths mm-hmm. of the world religions, actually what every great founder of every religion 
has said is, I've done this, you can do it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, great religions, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and lifting people up. So now Jesus' full body of teachings are, are part of what we know as the ascended master's teachings. Mm-hmm. He, he's still accorded a very revered status amongst ascended masters, right? Well, he's... If you think of it, there's an arch, and he's like the keystone of the arch. Mm-hmm. He's the one mm-hmm. that holds it together. In the center of our chart, there's a little uh, Jesus in the middle representing the Christ self. So mm-hmm. Jesus is like the one for this particular age. He was like a bridge between the two. Well, why we refer to him, I think, as the mediator between mm-hmm. the, ourselves and the Father, you mm-hmm. know, counselor, mentor, brother, I mean, all those exactly. things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that, so it's, you know, it's not just an ascended master. He's one of the key ascended masters is the real point. Well, you know, I've got another question here. I know we, we yeah. I, I mentioned it, I think, in the first segment about the fact that it's very likely that Jesus was literate. Uh-huh. He could read and write. Uh-huh. Um, don't you think that it's likely that Jesus would have set his teachings down in writing? And if so, you know, where are they? Well, a lot of discussion you about think that. So? And uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Clare Prophet actually gave a lecture and said, nobody really knows who wrote the book of Hebrews, but some people think it was written by Jesus. And I think perhaps Jesus understood that it wasn't books that were going to change the world. It was the teaching and becoming the teaching. And he knew that books could be banned or burned. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's saying the teaching is literally written within your inward parts. And the only reason you need a messenger is to put your hand in hand with the Christ self. Sorry and, about that. That's okay. And um, that teaching then becomes yourself. And and, and a, a messenger simply reminds you of what you already know. It's inside of you, mm-hmm. in other words. That's kind of like a review before the exam, right? That's very good, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, take, taken as a whole, I, you know, we're going to just go at this again because it's, it's something that really is compelling. Um, the scope of Jesus' teaching is quite large. I mean, but isn't it in its entirety also a very specific roadmap oh. for us to get get that victory of the ascension? I mean, that's really where we're going, right? And, and becoming ascended masters. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. so basically, and we look at this this entire body of teachings, and if you step back from it, it really tells us a lot. It, it totally does. And I think the word roadmap, Ross, is really good. It is a roadmap. It's mm-hmm. in code. It's an outline. <laughs> it's a path. It has to be fairly mystical, but mm-hmm. at the same time, fairly specific in order to even survive all the things that <laughs> it, it would have gone through. And in fact, all of the experiences in Jesus' life are typical of what we will also experience in our own spiritual path. It may not have the same out of form. So, for example, you know, you may not get nailed to a cross and rise from a tomb. But you may go through the crucifixion in your divorce or your your, your job. job or your yeah. experience with cancer or whatever it might be. And the idea is you're intended to experience the death of the lesser self and resurrect in your divine nature. And that's really what all the great teachers have taught. I think we can all identify with that one. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I here I, I'm feeling myself. I thought I'd gotten over this pretty much. But I realize as I hear you speaking again about this, that there's so much more. To yeah. Jesus' message and what we've been taught. And, I mean, we have been denied. Yeah. Literally been denied. You could almost get a, a little angry. A little, yeah. Or, or a little, little emotional. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, um, what do you say to, to people mm. who are, and again, I don't mean to single anybody out, but people who are really into Jesus, yeah. to let them know that they, they can consider that there's more. Yeah. Well, if they have a a really true relationship with Jesus, what they find is they start to ask 
okay, Jesus, if there's more, tell me more. Yeah. And he will. And there the call compels the answer. <laughs> well, let's tell our listeners really quickly again how they can find out more about Jesus' lost teachings. Go to the bookstore, uh, tsl.org forward slash bookstore, and search for Lost Teachings of Jesus or browse through the book stack. you really like it. Thank you. And stay with us, please. We'll be back in a moment. That's right. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway of your ascension. For more, visit www.tsl.org. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back for more discussion with Nairly Duffy on the subject of Jesus' lost teachings and lost years. Now, we spent the last segment on Jesus' lost teachings, so let's move on, change the focus a little bit, to his lost years. What, if anything, does the Bible say about Jesus' life between the ages of 12 and 29? And why do you suppose this is? Well, the Bible says absolutely nothing about those years. He's 12 years old at the Temple of Jerusalem, conversing with the teachers, and then there's nothing until the age of 30 when he's baptized by John in the River Jordan. And the conventional explanation is, well, he wasn't doing anything much at all during that time. <laughs> he joined the but, Navy. Um, yeah, right. how, likely, <laughs> how likely is that? And 
Nobody <laughs> seems to know him apart from his family. He appears again at 30. Uh, didn't he have any friends when he was a teenager, when he was in 20s? Oh, right, yes. Did he, you know, John the Baptist recognizes him because he knew him as a child, but then suddenly he's just full-blown. The only explanation that really makes sense is that he wasn't in the Holy Land during those years. Mm-hmm. And there's many manuscripts and legends in the East that say he traveled to the East. So think about Jesus, age 12, he's in the temple, he's studying with the teachers, mm-hmm. but he's actually also teaching them. Right. How likely is it that he'd stop doing this, doing this for the next 18 years? Wouldn't he have been studying and teaching all that time? Yeah, yeah I love the concept that suddenly this very bright, very strong, very advanced uh, child would just suddenly go, okay, that's it, I'm done. I'll, just, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll go hang out. I'll, for, I'll just shrink for, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it just doesn't Not make like, sense. The trajectory does not make sense. No, it doesn't. Well, you know, so that's why they call him the lost years, right. but they're not yeah, really lost. They're lost, they're misplaced. Misplaced. <laughs> you know, thanks to uh, uh, Tibetan manuscripts that I mentioned earlier were discovered in um, 1887 by Nicholas Notovich, um, these were able to allow us to piece together quite a bit more of the tapestry mm-hmm. of these so-called lost years. And we've learned from these and other sources now that even as a young man, Jesus was quite revered by the spiritual teachers in the East. Highly respected. Mm-hmm. And as you read earlier um, from that quote, it said that, you know, the white priests of Brahma made him a joyous welcome. They knew him. They loved him. Mm-hmm. And that's because of his specific role in hierarchy. He came to set an example of Christhood for the age of Pisces. And during the last 2,000 years, we should have all been, quote, Christ. Now, you know, this, this was in a period where, by most evidence, they didn't have much of a communications network. No internet, no email, no phone calls, what? no paper. I know, as hard as it is to believe. Kids, they used to write emails down on paper. (laughs) Um, Papyrus. That's right. (laughs) E-papyrus. But this is a time when you didn't have these communication methodologies, Mm -hmm. yet the the news of this child man had spread to far-off lands. That's amazing. You you really got to have something going if they they know about you a long ways away. And that that really ties into the whole Mm -hmm. Eastern thing. I Mm -hmm. mean, the whole communication network of, you know, you think something, you project that thought Mm -hmm. to someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they did in the East. Yeah, it's part of the teachings of the East. Part of the teachings of the East. Well, in in that regard, too, I think there's something that we have made uh, as a point before, perhaps repeating it now would be good, no. is we have referred to the Christ self many times. In West, of course, that's more in the parlance of what we understand. Mm-hmm. There is a similarity here between the Christhood, the Christ self, and the Buddhic oh, or totally. Buddha self. Totally. Absolutely. And we've done whole lectures on the parallel paths of Jesus Christ and Gautama Buddha. And the opening words of the Gospel of John are straight from the Vedas. And so East and West are totally consistent. The higher self is the Father in the West, um, the I am presence in the East, the light within, the sacred heart, or the heart chakra, the indwelling Christ, the indwelling Buddha. I mean, you could just go on and on with the parallels. Yeah, so I think that's probably something that that is good to stress, is that there Mm -hmm. are many similarities in the core teachings Mm -hmm. of both, which may have been one reason why they would have acknowledged him Mm -hmm. and recognized that. Absolutely. Well, and it's also, you know, if you look at it, I remember talking to somebody in marketing, and Tom Tom will remember who this was. I said, you know, God's a good target marketer. Oh, <laughs> God yes. gave the West Jesus, and he gave yeah. the East Buddha, Buddha, and he gave, you know, Muhammad to the, yeah. you know, to the other regions. Yeah. And so, you basically, when you look at the similarities between all of these, he, he would have recognized the moment, I think, that he saw any of these other teachings or heard about them, that mm-hmm. there was a similarity there. 
and have known a great deal about it. So it makes great sense. I mean, I'll, you know, basically he went off to college for a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And there must have been a profound reason why he was drawn mm-hmm. to the East. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the questions that I've heard before and I've asked myself was that, do you think he felt that Western spiritual beliefs were somehow limited? <laughs> Well, look at what Judaism had become in Jesus' time. Very dogmatic, mired in rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. Then there's the Mm -hmm. Roman occupation, and they're absolutely paranoid about anybody who might stand out as a leader or a spiritual teacher, and they kill John the Baptist, and it's like, wow, (laughs) he must have felt an incredible sense of liberation. He goes to the east, and he's out from under the oppression of these forces, and yet he comes back knowing Mm -hmm. that they're eventually going to kill him. That's a great point, coming out from under the (laughs) the oppression of the dogma. That's not mom and dad waiting for me. At home, it's the Roman Empire. Oh, boy. (laughs) Great. Well, it seems that Jesus' intent may have been to, after learning about the spirituality and and the similarities between East and West, to bridge those and to bring the teachings of the East back to the West, which I think indeed he did. Well, he was the ultimate bridge. I mean, he's the embodiment of East and West, and and they say East and East and East is East and West and West is never the twain shall be. You know, not true. He's the embodiment of that. He he synthesizes that. His teaching and example is for the whole world, and. It's just been hijacked. You know, the Pharisees mm-hmm. and Sadducees in those days, the teaching of Jesus in these days, and yet now it's just being shouted from the housetops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with the internet and everything, you, you can't you, hold it in. You can't hold it exactly yeah, right. It's, it goes cats viral. Out of, cats out of the bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cats out of the bag. Oh, here's, here's one you'll like. Boom. You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Three billion. Well, I think that in terms of Jesus um, and what he probably – came to understand that he was going to expect as an experience when he came back to the West. Mm. The thought just occurred to me that in the East, aside from being out from under the dog and the regulations, I'm not aware that they killed their avatars. Uh, Right, right. So you probably, I'm going back to the West. A little bit more understanding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, when you think about what he goes through, we also go through it. We Mm. may be persecuted. We may go through crucifixions. We'll have the resurrection. We, I mean, we don't escape any of those steps and stages, unfortunately, or fortunately. Now, are, are those steps and stages um, evident in the East? In Eastern? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. They're evident in the East, the different, the different stages of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And you can correlate the two between, you know, well, what Disciple we, Chila. Disciple yeah. is Chila. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we have um, reached that point once again where we're out of time. And uh, before we go, we wanted to mention again these um, the books, The Lost Teachings of Jesus and The Lost Years of Jesus. And Ross, mm-hmm. if you can just give those numbers again if you have them. Uh, you can go to tsl.org forward slash 2156 uh, for The Lost Years of Jesus. And then also we have another book. That we want to mention, which is Isa, oh. The Greatest Story Never Told, which is a work of historical fiction mm-hmm. uh, by Lois Drake. It's all about Jesus' time in the East, and we really think you'll enjoy that one. That'd be good for the kids, too. So that's tsl.org forward slash 7090. Well, thanks again for all of you for joining us today. Thank you, Narely, for being here again. I Great appreciate pleasure. it very much. And mm-hmm. until next time, remember mm-hmm. that the upward path may be difficult, but the rewards are literally out of this world. Yes, thanks, thank everyone. You. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. 
This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.